Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to Basketball History 101. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. And today, we're going to talk about how different NBA teams got their nicknames. Some of these stories are complicated, as about half of the league has had at least one relocation or a name change. Other teams are very straightforward and simple, but we're going to do this division by division. You see, there really isn't a good way that we can fit all 30 teams into a single podcast. So, going division by division seems the best way to give each team adequate time. In today's episode, we are going to cover the Pacific Division. We will return to this topic about once a month as we cover each of the other five divisions in the NBA. The first team on our list is the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are one of only three original teams still playing in the NBA, along with the Celtics and the Knicks. The Warriors were part of the very first season of the league and the very first champion. They began their NBA life as the Philadelphia Warriors, and they named themselves after an earlier team, also called the Philadelphia Warriors, that played in an older league back in 1925. They thought, let's tie our name back to the history of basketball in the city of brotherly love. And just a quick side note, the name Philadelphia comes from the Greek word phileo, which literally means the love of a brother or brotherly love. Uh, So this is different than, let's say, like the love of a parent or romantic love. So Philadelphia actually means the city of brotherly love, which is why it has that nickname. Now, back in the 1940s, When the Warriors were a brand new team, things were not as politically correct as they are today. The name Warriors was a Native American reference that gave off the image of toughness and ferocity. At least it was supposed to. But before anyone gets triggered, I'm just reporting how things were back then. Just like any good journalist would do. So I'm just the messenger here. Their logo featured a cartoon of a smiling Native American with a feather in his hair dribbling a basketball and this went unchanged for 16 years. The team then moved to San Francisco in 1962 and became the San Francisco Warriors. They played in a building called the Cow Palace because its primary purpose was to host livestock shows. So this is where they played originally in San Francisco. I've actually been to the Cow Palace. I saw Nirvana play there in 1993. Anyway, the team played there for a few years and in 1970, they moved across the bay to the then brand new Oakland Coliseum Arena, where they played until just a year ago. And when they moved to Oakland, they changed their name to the Golden State Warriors. They removed all references to Native Americans. Their logo has since featured items such as the Golden Gate Bridge, a cable car, the silhouette of the state of California, 
And for a few years in the early 2000s, they had some sort of a lightning bolt man for a logo. He looked like a blue version of the character Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe, but he was holding a lightning bolt. This character was so inoffensive and generic that I don't think anybody really liked it. As for the Golden State part of the name, they wanted to be the team for all of California because California's nickname is the Golden State. But if you've been to California, you won't find too many fans outside of the San Francisco Bay Area since California has three other NBA teams. And we're going to talk about one of those other California teams right now. Next are the Los Angeles Clippers. They entered the NBA in 1969 as a brand new expansion team in upstate New York, right near the Canadian border. They were called the Buffalo Braves. They also chose a Native American nickname for the same reason everybody else did back then. They wanted an image of toughness. Their first logo was the letter B with a feather on it. They also used a new logo that was a basketball wearing a feathered headdress with a picture of a buffalo in the middle of the basketball. In 1975, they had the only MVP in franchise history, Bob McAdoo. But after nine relatively unsuccessful seasons in Buffalo, they decided to relocate the franchise to San Diego, where they would pick a new name and completely ditch having anything to do with Native American imagery. If you've ever been to San Diego, you know that in the bay you will find these huge historical wooden sailing ships known as clipper ships. They're from the 1800s and they are really, really cool to look at, especially when they take them out into the water. If you didn't know any better, you would think that San Diego was under some sort of a pirate attack. But these ships were actually merchant ships built for speed. For their length, they're actually quite narrow with huge sails so they could travel as fast as possible. They have a bunch of these. They are an amazing sight to see. And if you're ever there in San Diego, go check it out. It's very cool. So with that history in mind, the team went with the name Clippers and had this whole nautical theme going on. On their shorts, they used to spell out the word Clippers in those nautical flags that correspond to different letters of the alphabet. And then in 1984, they decided to move to LA. Now, they kept the name Clippers, even though the ships that the name was based on were still back in San Diego. Their logo was simple. It was a basketball with the words Los Angeles Clippers on it. Lately, they've used the letters LAC in a rectangle shape or the word Clippers with a basketball on top of it. I think it would be kind of cool if they went back to their nautical theme. It had one of those huge ships with a picture of a basketball on the sail or something like that. But now we're done with the Clippers. We're going to move down the hall to visit the other team that shares the same arena with the Clippers. And that team is the Los Angeles Lakers. They joined the NBA in 1948 as the Minneapolis Lakers. Because after all, Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes. At least that's what it says on their license plates. The word Lakers is either a reference to a lake trout or to the ships that carried cargo from the Great Lakes. Either way, it's a name specific to Minnesota. Their original logo was a basketball with the state of Minnesota on it. Around that were the words Minneapolis Lakers. In 1960, they decided to move out to Los Angeles, but kept the name Lakers since it sounded cool. Both their new city and their nickname started with the letter L. Never underestimate the power of alliteration. They have used the same logo virtually the entire time they've been in California. 
It's a basketball with the words Los Angeles Lakers on it. It's very simple and straightforward. They've changed their color scheme a few times over the years. Back in Minneapolis, they were powder blue and yellow. Then when they first arrived in Los Angeles, they used a light blue, dark blue, and white. And then in the mid-1960s, they switched over to their current purple and gold. If you're a big fan of throwback jerseys, you've probably seen some of their old color schemes. Uh, you can buy them at a store, go to NBA.com, and you can find some of these older jerseys. And not just from the Lakers, from any of the teams that I'm talking about. And now, we're going to move across the state line into Arizona. And that's where we meet the Phoenix Suns, the only team on today's list that is not in the state of California. They are one of those teams that has never moved and never changed their name. They were a brand new expansion team in 1968, and this was big because the Suns were the first major pro team in the entire state of Arizona. The state was now in the big leagues, and they couldn't be happier about it. So they wanted a name that would capture their year-round sunshine and desert surroundings. Some of the other names that made the final list were Tumbleweeds, Rattlers, and Scorpions. And I think those names are actually pretty cool and they would have served the franchise just fine. If they had been the Phoenix Scorpions this whole time, I would have said, yeah, that's a perfect name. But in the end, the winner was the Suns. The orange and purple color scheme represents what a desert sunset looks like in Arizona. And if you've never been, it is absolutely gorgeous. Honestly, the desert is not really my thing, but the sunsets are amazing. I have to give them that. Their logo has always been some version of a basketball with fire or rays of sunlight coming out of it. At one point, their logo was a basketball with a phoenix made of fire rising out of it. In my opinion, that was their best logo. There has never been a need to change it. I always love it when a team's nickname perfectly captures where they play, and the Suns are one of those teams. And now we head back across the border, back into California for the final team from today's list. That team is the Sacramento Kings. This team has moved around quite a bit, but has always maintained a majestic nickname. They joined the NBA in 1948 in upstate New York, and they were known as the Rochester Royals in Rochester, New York. Their original logo featured a shield with the words Rochester Royals on it to continue the regal theme that they wanted to go with. And then in 1957, they moved to Cincinnati, Ohio and became the Cincinnati Royals. Their logo was a basketball with a crown on it. Sometimes the basketball had a smiling face on it and sometimes it didn't. The team had a lot of success in Cincinnati as that's when they had Oscar Robertson on the team. Then in 1972, they moved west and became the Kansas City Omaha Kings. They changed their name from Royals to the Kings to avoid confusion with the Kansas City Royals baseball team, which was already playing there. And they also used two home cities, as you can tell from the name, Kansas City Omaha Kings. They actually played half of their home games in Kansas City, Missouri, and the other half of their home games in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, keep in mind that these two cities are about a three-hour drive away from each other. That's tough when you have to pick a city to live in and then still drive three hours for a home game. Well, after about three years of this, they decided to make Kansas City their only home and become just the Kansas City Kings. They used a blue and red color scheme, 
but kept the logo of the basketball wearing a crown, but it was now more stylized. Their final move, so far, was in 1985, this time to the state capital of California, the city of Sacramento. And there, they became the Sacramento Kings. And here, their logo has changed a little bit. For most of the time, they kept the basketball with a crown on top, but they have also used a logo featuring a shield with crisscrossing swords and the words Kings on it. Their color scheme is primarily purple now to go with the regal theme. They sometimes use a lion logo because, as you know, the lion is the king of the jungle. And seeing as they are the only sports team in town, they have massive fan support. So that covers the Pacific Division. As I said at the top, we'll revisit this maybe once a month or so as we make our way through the entire league. So that's it for today. Join us next time when we talk about the first player to go from high school directly to the NBA back in the 1970s and how that player caused the league to change an essential piece of equipment. That's next time on Basketball History 101. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. We are available on every major podcast platform. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us next time as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.